The Diesel Performance Podcast contains explicit language. Thank you for joining us again. This is Paul Wilson. And this is Chris Emke. You're listening to the Diesel Performance Podcast. Uh, I just got back from Extreme Diesel Performances, Diesel Nationals, and XDP Open House. Fucking awesome, Chris. I, I went a couple years ago. I yeah. can definitely uh, contest to what you're saying. It is, it's not only one of the biggest shows in the country, yeah. but it's it's probably the most well-organized I've ever seen. Oh, especially over a couple days, too. Yeah. I mean, it's not a one-day event. No, yeah, no. So Saturday, all day, the <laughs> vendors are there like 12, 15 hours. People are there longer, yeah. much longer. It is, they're, they're there all into the evening. Some of the guys were telling me they didn't get out of the track until like 1 a.m. I mean, I've been to a bunch of shows across the country over the years and seeing some of the aerial shots with drones the oh, amount yeah. of trucks that are at that event it is just insane the parking lot's nuts anything yep. you're looking for on on a diesel truck side is on one side of the parking lot and then anything you're looking for with a semi is on the yep. other i i finally this year i've been three years now i finally this year walked over to the the semi truck it's side nuts. holy shit Dude, a whole nother level talk about money bro yeah dude. talk about money um save your pennies boys yeah yeah big stuff going on out there ton of great competitors i uh, got to see levon run got to yeah. see uh mike graves he was out there i didn't get to see him run uh, but yeah got to see a ton of people got to see a lot of great vendors it was it was overwhelming and the open house it's dude it, every... so they moved <clears throat> there's two dinos there this year they were side they, by side this time they're side by yep. side if you haven't jumped on, and and Dan and Paul, if you're listening, this is just a great video. You have to see it. Somebody tried ghetto fogging. Have you watched the video? I was sent that photo because I'm in with the diesel crowd, so I got that video five minutes after it happening. Well, you must so be before cool. it went viral, I watched it happen. I, I, oh, right. <laughs> it was the coolest thing. And then when all the other angles came out, yes. oh, God, I literally um, pissed my pants. Ghetto fogging, not a fan. Number two. What is it? Hold on. For the listeners. For the listeners, ghetto fogging is when you stand up in front of the intake of a truck while, while it's, it's strapped running. down to a dyno and running. And right about as they're coming up on full throttle, you crack open the bottle and just spray the bottle of nitrous directly into the intake. And the nitrous is pressurized, so the bottle has pressure in it, and that's what expels the gas. And right. We're going to leave it there. Right. Then, then I will say, there is never... I want to repeat, never a reason for two of you to be standing there both ghetto fogging at once. Yep. That doesn't work. Now, let's leave it there. Let's leave the suspense leave for the there. guys to look at Everything the Everything else you want to know, jump online, look it up. Uh, I would probably yeah. Google XDP ghetto fog. Done. I, it's got to be I a bet that comes search. Up. I bet that it's comes be. up. It, it, it was a crazy video, and to see it happen, I think you can yell, hear me yell, holy fucking shit, in the background, because I screamed it and then looked down to the three-year-old standing next to me and apologized, because the XDP event, which you don't know, it is also the most family-friendly event no, that I've been to. When I went a couple years ago, I can't believe all the families that went to that outing. Like yeah. kids with like little freebie bags trying to get stickers and little free glasses and stuff. I used mean, to think that was so annoying. Just had a yeah. kid. Now I'm like, oh my god, yeah. they're so cute. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I, I got soft, man. I got yeah, soft. Well, you were been soft for a while. <laughs> <laughs> uh, big shout out, performance exergy performance. Sorry, <laughs> performance I'm exergy. It. Yeah, performance yeah. exergy. Uh, big shout out, exergy performance being a main staple. Uh, uh, number one sponsor of the show, them and WC Fab, really keeping us alive, guys. Of course, Exergy, we've been talking about it for weeks now. Their Sportsman injectors are your your level one upgrade, your 10% over stock. You don't need a tune update on them. They're going to run in a tighter, or they're going to be calibrated to a tighter tolerance than what the factory would have done anyways. And you're getting them from 
the number one high quality supplier of high performance injectors in the diesel market. Basic, basic upgrade, right? I feel shameless saying that, let me tell you, because we really do buy their shit. We really do run their shit. Yeah. We, we know these guys. We love these guys. Whether or not they were a sponsor of the show, we've always given the same recommendation. They should be a staple in any diesel build. Yep. Same thing could be said for WC Fab. Um, Jason Worley has been a longtime friend of the show. He was on probably two of the first 10 episodes we recorded, maybe one of the first five we ever aired. Uh, yes, please. Jason Worley uh, has the LML High Flow Intake Bundle Package. This is everything you need for maximum airflow in your LML. Mm-hmm. Let's just leave it at that. Because if you don't know by now, go back and listen to our last seven or eight episodes. Jason's stuff is the shit. Listen to the episode with Ryan Worley, his brother, who has this amazing C10 build. If you've seen any of their work, you'll have no questions. And what's funny, with both of those vendors, when we talk high horsepower builds, okay, we talk about XRG injectors, we talk about WC Fab turbo kits, we talk about engine builds, and we talk about rods, more importantly, Carrillo rods. And who better to talk about the engine components than today's guest? Absolutely. What's funny, before before we bring them on, I've never spec'd a build without Carrillo rods, and that's that's not just saying something nice to I you, I mean, Bryce. if I'm going into the bottom end of the motor, it gets rods and it, they're Carrillos. <laughs> we do have Bryce on the phone. How the hell are you? How's it going? It's good to talk to you guys. I'm glad to be a part of the show. And uh, I, too, was there witnessing the ghetto fog. So that was uh, <laughs> No ghetto fog. From, from, from the West Coast, I'll tell you, you don't see that very often. So, you know, it was a quite exciting moment for me. <laughs> the, the, the guys from the Midwest and the East Coast, they just get a little too rowdy at times. That's the best way to say it. But. Yeah, I know, I know. They'd have, to church, they'd have to church that up a little bit out on the West Coast. I don't know if it worked very good. <laughs> the process or Paul's language? Which yeah, one? A little bit of both. Yeah, Probably bit. all of the above. Right? No, I mean, that, that, that XDP event is such a good event, and it's great to be out there with all the other vendors and just supporting an industry that has grown so much in the last few years and just we love seeing people use our products and that truck actually i'm getting the connecting rods to that truck in the mail because they bent all their krill rods in half did you not see the video so ghetto fog the incident occurs and then white smoke pours from underneath the truck oh yeah the motor right then and there yeah so too Um, much fogging (laughs) now were they krill rods before were they stock rods and now they need krillos no that motor was built by um, industrial injection back in 2015 in that truck. It had a set of our standard Krillo rods, which are, are typically good for around the 1,500 horsepower mark, maybe 1,800 horsepower, but you know on dyno competition, guys, they, they want to make the torque, so they push the nitrous farther and farther and hit the button earlier. So we actually, the, within in 2016, middle of 2016, we came up with our heavy-duty Cummins rod, which is good for 3,000 horsepower. That's the guy's like Sean Bachum, they've been running those in all their UCC trucks and never had an issue with it. So we're going to upgrade those guys so they can get three three of the team members doing the ghetto fog at the next. <laughs> there you go. Time. Bring it, <laughs> bring it. That's awesome. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Bryce, we definitely appreciate you coming on the show. It really was a blast. I, I did. I I got sat next right next to Bryce right. at the uh, at the track. Yep. So all day we were sitting there enjoying all those great customers out there. Uh, looking for free stickers. <laughs> we always have a lot of fun at the show. Bryce, tell us, how did you get your start in diesel performance? Or just automotive. He might or not automo- be a diesel I'm- enthusiast. I told you this, Paul. <laughs> 
Well, I got my start like everybody else does. I know I grew up in a family of racers. My grandparents raced. My dad always loved hot rods, and I I actually really enjoyed you know the hot rod stuff, mostly drag racing stuff. And then um, you know my one of my best how I got introduced to the diesel world is one of my best friends in high school decided a long time ago that he loved the Duramax diesel, and so he spent two or three years building it. The, a twin turbo Duramax Chevelle that was, became pretty popular. Hell yeah! So that, so that was the uh, one that became like my introduction to the diesel world. And you know, as far as automotive experience goes, I used to own my own race engine shop, building IMCA stock car, hobby stock, sprint car type engines, and some hot street stuff um, out in California before coming to work here at CP Carrillo. Hell yeah! And it is CP Carrillo. Correct. A lot of people get that confused. It's their CP Crow is one company, CP Pistons, which has been in business since 1997, making pistons for NASCAR, all your high-end race teams. And then they were purchased Carrillo Rods, and then they com- combined the two companies and made it CP Carrillo, and then the rest is history, and we keep moving forward. Wow. Gotcha. A little gotcha. bit of history there in the mix. <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, Corolla has been around for 60 plus years, and everybody knows in the industry, like you guys talked about, if you're going to have the best connecting rod, you got to mortgage your house and buy a set of Corollas. <laughs> That's a fact. <laughs> that is a fact. I You've love, used that pitch before. No, I, this weekend I heard the guy from Soda like making fun of how expensive Corolla parts were, and I'm like, um, yeah, the least practical performance mod here is fucking rims. Well, yeah, but Soda rims are kind of like a mid range. They really are. That's not are, top yeah. of the line. Gorillas are top of the line. Top That's, of the line. Well, no, you want rods. No, 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 we'll look at it this way. This is how I explain it. The first and the last time you want to see a krill, set of krill rods is when you open the box and put them in your engine. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so... But, you know, you guys, you, you can, everybody can talk about the cost of a connecting rod, but and when the grand scheme of things, that's what's holding your entire engine together from exiting itself from your engine compartment is the actual rods. So you want to have the best quality one you can on there. And, and if you look at the cost per performance item, yeah, you're really not going to gain a whole bunch of horsepower by putting a krill rod in. You're going to gain reliability. So that's one of those things, as the diesel world knows, everybody wants to have a 1,500-horsepower truck that they can tow their 25,000-pound trailer with and go to church on Sunday and not get yelled at in the drive-thru when they're trying to order a Big Mac. I feel like that's the <laughs> sixth time I've heard this today. <laughs> You know that's what, and that's what we do. Everybody wants that. They want, they want. It used to be a thousand horsepower, but now it's fifteen hundred. And so that's what we've really tried to do is come up with a product line that we know will be able to withstand the torque load. Not necessarily the horsepower, but the torque that the diesels make is what is really hard on the beams and the stresses of the connected rod to keep them from buckling the beam or bending in half. And that's the one thing we can say. You know, a cruel rod doesn't necessarily break in half like maybe a stock rod or something else. It'll actually buckle the beamer bin because of the material that the rod is made out of gotcha okay um give us a quick overview bryce what is your role with cp carrillo I am the domestic sales manager, so I help uh, our, our, our sales staff here with new products. I go out to shows like you and trying to work with uh, the engine builders and the end users to make our product better. Because at the end of the day, we want to build the best product we can, and we can do that through customer feedback and parts feedback. And we're really big on R&D. You know, like we talked at the show. That's what took us so long to actually make a piston for the diesel market is we know how to make pistons, but we've spent probably three, maybe four years 
years just R&Ding our piston before we brought it out last year at the PRI show. Wow. And now, I'll be honest with you, because we're just a little bit into diesels, and like I didn't know you guys had a piston, much less a forged piston that you guys were offering now. Right, and that's something that, you know... In the diesel world, most guys don't think you can run a forged piston on the street, but that's what CP has made forever. I mean, most people don't realize CP pistons, like we talked about, have been around since 97. We make forged pistons that are in your Porsche GT. All of your KTM motorcycles have pistons that are made right here in Irvine, California at CP Carrillo. So we have a really good history of making a forged piston work in a OEM type application, which means they have to last lots of miles and they have to withstand all the torture that can go through with that. So that's why making a forged piston for us was a natural because we know we could make it work. It just took a little time to get it done. In the diesel world, the, everybody has a horror story of a forged piston the first time they ran it. It's like on their, it's like your first blind date story, right? <laughs> it, you put it in the engine and it just worked horrible, you know, and they lasted 5,000 miles and it blew the top ring out of it. And that kind of really put, I think, a bad taste in the industry's mouth when it comes to diesel performance pistons. Everybody thought, oh, you can't make a forged piston live. There's no possible way it'll work. But if it's engineered right and you have the right ring package, you can actually make a forged piston work every bit as good as a cast piston without a steel ring insert on the street, which is something that most nowadays, that's kind of like the buzzword besides your injector angle is, do you have a steel top ring land in your piston? <laughs> Everybody's an expert, right? <laughs> it's really, really true. And if we really break down the components of the pistons, um, a cast piston and a forged piston, most cast pistons are made of a 4032 alloy, which has a higher silicone content in it, okay, over the 4030 or the 2618, which was what our pistons are made out of. So you guys all talk about pistons or piston-to-wall clearance. A cast piston runs at a tighter piston-to-wall clearance in a cold setting. So when you put that motor together, it doesn't rattle around when it warms up. That's why all the OEMs use that type of piston because they don't have any cold starting issues. Whereas when you get to a 2618 forging, it expands at a greater rate. But once it expands and it's at operating temperature, it runs at the same clearance as a cast piston. But the, the trick is how do you design a piston that will live under cold startup? And that's what we really got down to and did is we have a piston instead of running 12 to 14 thousandths like piston the wall clearance which is really traditional for a forged high horsepower big boost diesel piston we can run ours at five and a half six thousandths so the piston doesn't rock it doesn't wear out the ringland grooves it does a whole bunch of things in a positive way that prevents the piston from wearing itself out because a lot you know and that's when people talk about forged pistons they talk about top ring lands going away would you guys agree with that absolutely yeah yeah and what most people don't realize is they look at a piston and they look at it and they think oh they don't realize the ring sits outboard of the top of the piston so the actual ring itself is what's holding all the boost pressure all the heat all the compressive load of the nitrous everything is actually forcing down on the top ring land but then if you introduce a lot of rock because the more clearance you give the piston the more it rocks in the bore rings are designed to go up and down and run in line with the ring groove so when you start having a piston that rocks you're putting a load on the ring and causing it to wear on the top and bottom of the ring groove and that's what causes the ring groove to wear out not the the just the forged piston but the way the piston works in the engine itself can we can we back up a little bit for for some of my newbies? Yeah. What's the difference between forged and cast? 
Well, for <laughs> a cast piston is simple. It's like anybody can make a casting. You can watch a video on YouTube in your backyard. Put a bunch of you can build a hole in some sand, melt some aluminum, pour it down into a casting or a mold, and that's what you have. Going so into business tomorrow, bitches. See you later. <laughs> so, but a forged piston, it, it's 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 a little bit different principle. It has a puck that is like. And in, in, it has a big puck that they put a machine that presses the piston and forges it into the shape and actually changes the material and the rockwell hardness of the part. Most forged pistons are around 75 to 78 rockwell. And some people think, well, a billet piston is better than a forged piston when, in fact, it has a, a, a lower rockwell rating. So we actually prefer forgings over billet parts because we know they're, they're stronger and they hold up better in the field. Is rockwell like a, a hardness or a density it, measurement? Is it's that, a hardness measurement of the part. Okay. Okay. So so forged, cast, billet. We don't see a lot of billet stuff out there for pistons, right, Chris? Mm-hmm. Not not a real popular option that, no. that we deal with not on a day-to-day. Um, most of my requests are for cast pistons. And what I've always yep. told guys is if you have a street truck, you're going to run the performance cast pistons. Maybe some of the other little options out there for them, right? But your basic set of performance cast pistons all the way up to 1,000 horse, they're going to be great for a street truck. Forge pistons are going to be clattery. They're going to make a ton of fucking noise. They're going to have cold start issues. Rebuildable every year. Yeah, you're going to have to pull the engine down every year. Like we usually tell guys, unless you have a dedicated sled puller drag race truck where you have a team of guys or sponsors to fund (laughs) it, uh, you're probably not going to want a forged piston. Now, you're telling me all of what I just said is wrong. Yes. <laughs> in, a, in a nutshell. Shows up don't on my worry. show and tells me, fuck you. Bryce, huh? don't worry. Paul's told that every day. True story. <laughs> well, and, and, and you're not necessarily wrong, but over the last few years, things have changed. Technology you know, has tr- improved. You know, technologies improved. Ring packages have improved. You know, that's why it took us, like I said, so long to develop a part is because we wanted to, to develop a part that we know would go out there and be able to run 100,000 miles. I mean, we were at the show with one of our Duramax pistons that has 50,000 miles on it, and everybody looks at that part and goes, how could this be a forged piston? It looks like brand new when you have it sitting next to the other piston that's there. It literally you does. know, Really? I was there. Yeah, I actually wow. picked it up and, like, grabbed it and start running my, my dick beaters all over it i was like what is this thing (laughs) can i have it is it free (laughs) well and that's the thing i mean this piston i mean that's what i tell everybody this piston was in a 1200 horsepower truck that pulled a trailer that did some drag racing did a couple sled pulls and the guy drove it on a daily basis he had it for two years in his engine okay and this is one of those things where you know it's one of those trying to get the parts back is a little bit hard when they're out there for so long but we finally have proof we've done a lot of dyno testing and internal testing but they actually have real world mileage on a part with a guy that makes that kind of horsepower drives it every day and there's absolutely no skirt wear there's no ring groove deformation the ring groove measures the exact same measurement as it does when it left the place and that's what the that's what i think is really where the next level in the diesel performance market is, is because everybody wants to push the horsepower level. And as you said, you can only make a thousand horsepower on a cast piston, right? Yeah, that's well. I mean, we've pushed them further, but but we start telling guys, on, you have a reliability factor you're giving up correct. on, right? Are you, then that's how it is. So if you could have a forged piston that could have the drivability of a cast piston, but be able to withhold twelve to fifteen hundred horsepower. 
and drive it on the street, I mean, that seems like a no-brainer to me. That's what I'd be putting in my engine. Well, let me challenge you here. What about the cost difference? Well, to be honest with you, retail and the parts, I don't think there's that astronomical of a cost difference. So what um, you said the guy living in, in California. Come on now. Listen, listen money bucks. I'm cheap. No, I'm just playing with you, Bryce. How, 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 like, how much of a, of a damage difference are we looking? Is it a $1,000 difference? I don't know what a set of cast pistons and rings is off the top of my head, to be honest with you. Well, I do. Um, I do. So okay. what are we talking? A, a, a setup Duramax. with your pistons yep. for a Duramax. What is a retail cost in the market? Twenty-seven fifty-two with rings and pins. That's not bad, Paul. That's not bad. That's I not, know bad. That's not bad. They did their homework. What do, they did their homework. What, what, I mean, the, the, the pen, depending, depending valve reliefs, things like that. Yeah. Now again, that's their starting price. So if they have to cut valve reliefs and things like that, I'm sure the price goes up. Right. But, no, all the pistons come with a hundred and twenty-five thousand steep valve notch. They're all radius. Man. They have. I mean, it's all. all it's basically a race version put into a street part. I mean, you're talking so four to five hundred dollar difference then. Yeah. So I mean, it's kind of so, a no-brainer if it lasts as long as Bryce is saying. Ooh. Right. And that, <laughs> Chris is challenging your integrity. It, it does. Um, but to be honest with you, you know, and that's and that is just our retail price. Obviously, there's map pricing and stuff that's out right. on the internet that's going to be a little bit different than that. You know, so sure. if you were going to probably order them from XDP or any of the online retailers, they're probably going to cost you under twenty five hundred dollars. That's a that's a score. That's a score. That's a score. Just to be straight I, up, like I'm, we're already in there and tearing it apart. This is not even the most expensive part of the build, no, to be honest no. with you, by far. No, I mean they're already springing for rods. I mean a build like that, they're talking five k for a crank. You know, right, 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 right. Twenty five hundred dollar pistol. I'm just thinking one of your three turbos at fifteen hundred horsepower. Yeah. Powers, exactly three grand yeah, like one yeah. of your three just to be clear yeah. so that's actually no that that's i don't want to say affordable because i don't want to be ignorant well, is, to though, people for, but, if but you're yes, talking a thousand to fifteen hundred horsepower build yeah that is and you're yeah. talking about these rods or these pistons that is an affordable price tag right it's extremely and affordable. we have all different types of options and we are actually are the first i would say the first person in the industry in the diesel marketplace to come up with what we call our hybrid kits um, it's really kind of a neat deal. We took all of the racing background from the domestic side of things and thought, how can we make a better diesel part? And that's where we came up with our hybrid kit. So well, you're like, just like you guys were talking about, if you're going to an engine build and you're going to buy rods and pistons, why not buy a combination that works together? So what we did is for like our Cummins parts, we have our Cummins hybrid kit, which is 846,000 longer rod than stock. Okay. So... You almost got an inch longer rod. Everybody, I mean, that's good for everybody, okay? Then what we did is we took, instead of having the regular Cummins wrist pin, we took it in down to the size of the Duramax wrist pin. So that's where you see the difference in the length of the rod is basically the diameter size of the wrist pin. We move the compression height up in the piston, so the piston skirt becomes shorter. The pin piston becomes lighter, so now you're saving two pounds of rotating weight off of each cylinder. Whoa. My next fucking question was, what about the weight of the piston? Yeah. Because I would imagine forged pistons weigh more than cast pistons. Am I correct? No. No, they're about the same weight. Oh, wow. Okay. If if you if you really got down to it, but now think about this: like the Cummins stuff is twelve pounds off of your rotating assembly, right? Yeah. No lack, no lack in reliability. Nothing changes. Everybody in the diesel world thinks you need bigger, bigger, bigger parts. But as you take the weight off, you don't need the bigger parts oh. because you're not trying to fling around an extra two pounds on the end of your crank, on the end of your 
your piston pins, all that kind of stuff. It's the momentum. I mean, you think two pounds, yes. you know, guys, to, to most guys out there, it's only a couple pounds. But you got to think about that. It's like a wheel. You know, you change the size of the wheel or you change the height of your tire. That's more rotating weight. That's even that's more than just the whatever it weighs on a scale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. This is not about race weight, <clears throat> no. right? This is like you said, this is about reliability. inertia. Yeah, yeah a lot reliability, right? Right, and well, and the cool thing about the hybrid kits is when you take the weight off of the crank and you take the weight out of the piston, we find that turbos spool faster, the engines rev quicker, they're able to turn higher RPMs. And when we got guys with our Duramax and Cummins stuff that have turned over six thousand RPM with these things, all the RPM. You just I made mean, you just made Chris and I both just cringe. You yeah, know man. how many calls you know how many we're going to have on we Monday get? for? Can I, I run six thousand RPM, yeah, dude? We're up you to can. You just need the right parts. Bryce. <laughs> all right. All right. I'll give you that, Bryce, but we're going to have to edit this part out. <laughs> I, I will agree with that. It's about the right selection of parts. And you know what? There are times. A disclaimer. Yeah. Does everyone need 6,000 RPM? No, guys. You don't. It's about the build and the purpose, right? Yeah. I mean, a stock turbo truck doesn't need 6,000 RPM. Am I right, Bryce? Well, I don't know. I'm an RPM guy. So God the, the damn cool it, thing Bryce. About the, the cool thing about the... That, other than the RPM is the turbo spool. A lot of guys like to run big single turbos, right. but because they don't spool as fast, they, they're not as fun to drive around or they don't work as good at the track, right? So with the hybrid kit stuff, because the parts are lighter, you're able to get a larger turbo to spool quicker and react faster, which makes you go faster down the track or, you know, whatever you're trying to do horsepower-wise, it just makes it a lot easier. Have you guys put any measurements around that as far as, like, I don't even know, like, like idle RPM, RPM right. up to 4,000 RPM and, like, measured a difference in the amount of time it takes or anything as far as that. We, we have some guys who have some testing data on that. The biggest thing that people are amazed at is just how quick the engines rev. You know, the, the I think the most interesting thing is the guys who run the Cummins hybrid kits, they talk about how the balancers in a Cummins get hot after they run because they're working so hard where you can barely touch your hand to them. They put the hybrid kit in there, and they can touch the balancer, and it doesn't run as hot because it's not working as hard. So that's a really big telling side of how much that extra weight hurts. You know, it's just hammering the bearings, hammering the, the pins, all that stuff. So there's a lot of, like, it's hard to say quantifiable things that by taking all that load off makes such a big difference, you know? Gotcha. Gotcha. I dig it. Okay. So now, would you sit there and we yeah. could be confident in okay. saying that one of the new style forged pistons and the uh, the engineering, the technology, everything that's behind it, we could put it up against a cast piston in the same type of uh, life expectancy? I, I think so. I mean, obviously, we haven't gone 100,000 miles yet, but we're working our way there. Do you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Um, but the, the testing that we've seen and the return parts and just all the... The, the ring grooves, the pin bores, all that stuff shows that it, it's just going to keep going for the life of the cast piston. Obviously, if you do stupid things like the ghetto fog and all those other <laughs> cool <laughs> tricks that are out there, there's, that does lower the life expectancy of the parts. You know, everybody asks, what's the warranty on a Carrillo rod? Well, you know, it's it's warranted against craftsmanship, but we can't fix installation error, and we sometimes you just can't fix stupid, you know? <laughs> I definitely, I know I got off the phone with a gentleman today, and he was talking about doing a thousand horsepower build, and uh, we, we kind of discussed price a little bit, rough estimates, and he goes, well, what's the warranty? I go, you want me to warranty a performance build? I was like, the craftsmanship. I go, but if five, ten thousand 10,000 miles down the road something happens, I mean, you 
built a thousand horsepower truck to There's, beat on it. To beat you on didn't it. buy. Right. I love this question too about warranty. Right. Like this is like we get guys on. Hey, can I get my my injectors honed out to sixty percent? What's the warranty? Well, the warranty is that it's done right. Right. That that's the promise. But you're buying and building these trucks to abuse them. Correct. When you want to abuse something, you can't ask. No. What What are you going to promise? Well, I promise it was built correctly. Now, one of the things I want to kind of address too is you know it, it's understanding your roots, right? And you guys, you've already said that you've done a lot of forged pistons for some, uh, you know, high end gas platforms and and ktm like bikes you're referring to um what have you seen lifespan out of the gas world we well the gas world it's all comes down the cold startup we i mean obviously if you looked at a porsche gt3 911 those have to go hundreds of thousands of miles i mean there's you know obviously a guy's not going to drive his porsche you know a hundred thousand miles overnight but that's what is required to get that oem type of contract is the reliability of the part and that's the same engineering that is put into our diesel pistons so it's one of those things where we we already know that we can make a part last that long just how did how could we make it work in the diesel world and one of the main key is the ring itself and the ring groove that's one of the things that most people have have don't talk about but over the last three years the ring technology has changed enough to be able to to withstand the abuse the cylinder temperatures the load all the stuff i talked about earlier in a daily driven application I love it. Okay, so we know if you're going near or over a thousand horsepower, or if you're ever going to go over a thousand horsepower, forge pistons sounds like it's just a hands down slam dunk, right? Like that's a great idea to match that up with that customer. Who should I, not? I, I, I would agree. I'm a little bit biased. I would, agree, but I would agree <laughs> with you on that. But it's just one of those things. Like we tell people every day, this is the the, the same question you guys probably deal with. Is if a guy's going to tear his engine down, okay? The expense of getting the motor out of the car, going to the machine shop, going through everything, and you were going to build it, I would say build it to be three times stronger or ten times stronger than you ever thought you needed it to be, because what always happens is. We see guys who build a bottom in, but then the next biggest turbo comes out or the new tune comes out, and then they were like, oh, I only wanted to make 800 horsepower, but now they want to make 1,200 horsepower three years down the road. If you put the parts in to begin with, then it's not an issue. You know, That is, way you don't have to do it twice. Is there anybody who should not run forge pistons? Is there a situation where a customer calls in and is like, hey, I blew up my engine. I'm going to rebuild it. I need... I need some Carrillo rods. What pistons do you have? And you're like, you know what, sir? You don't need the forged. To be honest with you, the reliability that we've seen in testing in the forged piston, I really don't think there's a downside to it. Other than the guy who's rebuilding his Winnebago, but he's not going to put forged. (laughs) He's not not going to put our rods in his Winnebago engine. He's just going to rebuild at the stock specs. Do you know what I'm saying? Kristen, you just buy a Winnebago? I did. No. <laughs> I feel insulted. <laughs> Bryce, you, you've been such a wealth of knowledge for us. We really appreciate you taking out your uh, some time of out of your busy schedule to help us out on the podcast today. Is there anything that we didn't ask you that you'd like to share with our listeners? 
Um, I think the main thing would be that just make sure that if you're going to do your engine build that you guys do your homework. I know you guys talk a lot. I listen to a couple of your guys' podcasts, and the more information you can get before you purchase a part, the more knowledge you can have, the better off you're going to have, success you're going to have in your engine build. And the the diesel world in the grand scheme of things is kind of like the Wild West, where we're all still learning what these things are capable of and how the parts are going to last under all these extreme conditions. And so we're constantly trying to improve at CP Carrillo to make a better part, to make a more reliable part, to make something that's going to hold up to all the abuse you could put to it. And that's what I think is cool is there's a lot of innovation happening in the diesel truck world, which most people in the higher-end racing world think we're crazy because they're like, <laughs> it's a diesel truck. But it's a when you really get down to the physics and the nature of what these engines can do and what these trucks can do, it's absolutely amazing to me. That's awesome. Thank you so much again for joining us, Bryce. This has been Paul Wilson. And this is Chris Hemke. Thanks for listening. Calibrated Power Solutions, the leading North American developer of clean diesel power and home of DuramaxTuner.com, is the proud sponsor of the Diesel Performance Podcast. Calibrated Power develops emissions-equipped calibrations for a wide variety of diesel powertrains, including the Duramax, Cummins, Jeep, John Deere, and many more. For more information and the best customer service in the industry, check out CalibratedPower.com or call 815-568-7920. That's 815-568-7920. If you'd like to contact the Diesel Performance Podcast, send us a message through Facebook or email paul at duramaxtuner.com or chris at c-e-h-m-k-e at duramaxtuner.com. You can also reach him by phone. Chris's extension is 2121. Paul's is 2122. You can build a hole in some sand, melt some aluminum, pour it down into a casting or a mold, and that's what you have. Going into business tomorrow, bitches. See you later. (laughs) 